Hey, it's Mark Kinsley. And Mark Quinn. So, word on the street is you've actually been to the Prime Media, what do they call it, like a lab? I, I call it a lair. So, Nationwide's Prime Media lair. Lair. Yeah, it's kind like of, that. it's like a bat cave. It's that cool. Um, is it is it one of those things where you actually like have to shoot through the waterfall in your car? <laughs> exactly. And then you end up on the inside? And if you don't, uh, if you don't have the remote that stops the water and opens the doors on the other side, you'll die because you'll run right into the... To the waterfall. Yeah, pretty much. Because waterfalls kill you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. No. So yeah, the Prime, uh, the, the prime Group um, for Nationwide is amazing. Uh, I got to go check it out. And um, I was blown away. And I've been into agencies before and I've seen their capabilities. And um, I did not expect to see what I saw. All right, paint the picture for us then. Yeah, so you walk in and there's this, number one, it looks like you're in in, in the lobby of, or some really high-end, like, uh, I don't know what, to, like a high-end home audio kind of situation where this pit group and sofas and this big screen television and just all this really cool um, technology for you to experience media. Uh, and then on the right, there's a bunch of televisions that are showing different pieces of content that they've created. Then you walk in and they've got copywriters and they've got web designers and they've got editing suites for video and audio and a recording booth and a killer training room that can seat like 45 people with uh, incredible technology. And you go into all, typical of creatives, right? You go into a couple of the offices and they've got really cool paraphernalia and like set props from Lord of the Rings. And uh, one of the designers was really into Captain America. And I love that stuff because they're all about, you know. Anyway, I, I was just blown away and uh, everyone was very gracious and they showed me some of the work. And I, I had no idea that they could do all of the things that they do. When you walked in, did somebody try to put a microphone in front of your face? No, they did not. They're like, you're the Mattress Podcast You're the guy. Mattress Podcast you, We guy. need to get you on camera and on mic no, right now. I don't think that they're aware of us yet there. So. Oh, you just wait. Yeah, Prime, no, Prime Media wait, Lab. Prime Media Lab. You just wait until we people. punch the button on that waterfall and shoot right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, those people are, are really, really cool people. And they're all um, there for very helping nice. retail partners, yeah. nationwide members. Yeah, one example, I'll tell you, like, so at Walmart, we're here in the heart of, of, of Walmart, Bentonville, Arkansas, and they have a closed circuit television system, as an example. And so they create content, a looped reel, and then they push out the content and that airs in all of the stores on the televisions inside of the Sam's Clubs and Walmart stores. Well, Nationwide has it so dialed in. And when I ask them about it, they actually created this. It wasn't off the shelf. Their tech guys did it themselves. And they can literally, let's say you have a store, um, you can give them content or they can create it for you there because that's what they do. And then if you can devise your own playlist on iTunes, you can literally set up what your video reel is going to be. And then they will plug that in for you and it will show in all of your stores. So they can customize content for your store specifically. And then that shows up on a television screen. Let's say it's in your betting department, for instance. And I was just blown away with that. I mean, just really amazing uh, capabilities. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm glad they let you inside the, the secret laboratory. And for all the Nationwide members out there, check them out at nationwidegroup.org because... Prime 
Prime Media Lab Laboratory, Secret Layer, tip of the iceberg. Secret Layer, tip of the iceberg. You got to use them because they can help your business. There's no doubt. Nationwidegroup.org. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. So, I've traveled a lot. You travel a lot. Yeah, for sure. And every once in a while, you kind of run into somebody. So, this is a perfect timing. So, go ahead and tell me your story. So, you ran into someone, is it recently? This has been a while back, right. but I, I kind of have a crazy story about this. So, I went to Hawaii, and this has been maybe Don Ho. Six you or met seven. Don Ho. Well, I, I would have had to have known Don Ho ahead of time. <laughs> Do you know who Don Ho is? Um... Kind of, sort of, not, hey, not exactly. Millennials, Tiny Bubbles. You ever heard the song Tiny Bubbles? No. Tiny Bubbles in the Wine. That one? No. Really? Nothing. Hmm. Send right. me some more of it, though. Uh, <laughs> that's all I know. They're just the first, <laughs> the first sentence. Anyway, keep going. I don't sorry. know Don Ho, but I know Don Did Johnson. Did you meet Magnum P.I.? Uh, he Tom lives Selleck. there. Yeah, he lives there. I did see his helicopter fly by okay, on Waikiki cool. Beach. All right, so anyway, finish. But Go whenever ahead. you get off the plane in Hawaii, number one, I mean, it's Hawaii. If you've ever been, you understand just the magic of that place. But then I, I had this strange sense uh, of, for one of the first times in my life, there's no way I'm going to run into anybody I know. And guess what? You I didn't. actually thought that. I thought That's that. That's bizarre. Okay. I, you, you're in such a long plane ride, and I was so far removed from right. the continental United States. I thought, I'm never going to run into anybody I know. And guess what? I didn't. <laughs> You did not meet anyone. You the next year I went back though to Hawaii. I loved it so much. Like I had to go back. There's only two only two times I've gone, but I went back and I'm leaving the resort, and I hear this this woman yell like at the top of her lungs, "Oh my gosh!" And it was a, a lady that we had gone to college with, both my wife and I, and we knew her and we had classes with her, and the entire like she was part of the band from the university now and she was like helping out with that in some way and the entire band from the university where we went was there and so anyway yeah hawaii you're not insulated but so you ran into did you get to hang out with them at all no we were we had our bags we were going to the airport wouldn't it have been cool if you had known that they were there earlier you could have hung out a little bit maybe had a yeah so, had a Mai Tai, get, a Mai sung tai. some Don Ho tunes. Sure, tiny Bubbles, done a little <laughs> we hula We could have had dance. some Tiny Bubbles, right? So here's the thing, man. Now you can be intentional about that. So a buddy of mine, who I've known for 25 years, uh, called me with a question, and he said, what if you had an app on your phone, and when you're traveling, you simply turn it on. Let's say you're landing in Hawaii. You land, and you turn, <clears throat> excuse me, you turn your B-E-E-L-O B -E -E -L -O app on, and everyone that's in your network, so you create your own colonies, get it? Bees, colonies? Nice. And you could have a work colony, you could have a friend colony, you could have a college fraternity colony, whatever it is. And when you land, you turn on the colony that of people that you might want to run into, right? If you're on business, right, you might, you know, turn that one on. And then or you can if, turn on the people and you'd be like, I don't want to run into this person. I need to know if they're even within a radius of me. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and so you can turn it on and then all of a sudden it'll alert you if you, if anyone you know in your colony is in the same proximity. It won't tell you where they are and it won't tell anyone where you are, but it will just say, hey, 
Quinn is in Hawaii too. Uh, do you want to reach out? So you can actually message them in the app. Uh, and then eventually we're going to have things where and I'll be- message you. Cause I would say podcast question mark. Pod- yeah. And then, and then we go the straight beach. to the beach and we do a podcast. Perfect. With, but with Don Ho? Isn't that a cool idea? So I like that, if you're yeah. ever around and then you can just turn around and you go, oh my gosh, instead of like... I know like, a lot of people who like travel and they want to meet up with people and sometimes, you know, you go to Twitter, you go to your text or whatever it might be, but people want to like, they want to meet up with other people or they're there for business and they have an, an open window. So I'll give you a different example. I was um, at the Masters. We're going to talk about that in a future episode. Um, but, um, and so I find out Nelson Berchier with uh, Sit and Sleep, he was at the Masters at the same time, I didn't know it, and he was on the um, hole right before us on the 15th hole. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have known. I would have liked to have hooked up with Nelson. But um, I didn't know because he didn't have Belo, and neither did I. And that whole thing could have been avoided if we'd had Belo. So there you go. Nice. So he's launched. You're in the App Store and all that? Yeah, so go check cool. it out. Belo in the App Store and uh, download it. Do me a favor. Download it and uh, let me know what you think of the experience of downloading it and let me know what you think about the idea and concept. I'd How can people it. get in touch with you? Just Facebook yeah. messaging yeah, yeah, on Dos Marcos? Facebook it or uh, mquinn03.com. Let me know what you think. Sweet. Yeah, so are we ready to roll? You mean mquinn03 at gmail.com? Yeah, what did I say? You just said mquinn03.com. Oh, well, you know, I hate M- to cut out Gmail from all of that. Yeah, but yeah. They, so don't get in, a, they don't have a lot going on, so let's help them out isn't too. It, <laughs> They need some promotion. Isn't it assumed anymore? M- Mquinn03, isn't Gmail kind of assumed? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, Mquinn03 I mean, at gmail.com. All my friends that still have a Hotmail address, I oh, give them a hard on. time. I, I know someone who has an AOL. What was your first email address? Oh, Don't lie. man, probably AOL. No, no, no. What was yeah. the actual email address? Oh, heavens. I have no idea. It was a Sealy one because I, I'll never forget I was working at Sealy. And uh, they said, here's your computer, and you have this thing called email. And I'm like, what the hell is email? Like, literally, it had never, you know, I didn't, I didn't, had never worked with email. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever until I had to start answering email. (laughs) You answer emails? Uh, Yeah, well, anyway. Now you can be, now, think about it. It used to be just email. Now you've got email, Facebook, LinkedIn, text messages, Snapchat. Now you got to answer like 10 different things. There's a, there's a young gal that was wanting some job advice and she was moving to the area and everything. And my wife had taught her in school and, uh, she reached out to me on LinkedIn. No, she sent me a text message. No, sorry. Phone call, email, LinkedIn, then a text message finally. And I, I was in the middle of moving and there was all this chaos and I didn't have time. And I finally got on the phone with her and I said, Hey, I respect <laughs> that you were adamant about making sure and getting a hold of me and using all these different channels. It takes frequency sometimes. I thought you were going to gonna say, I said, stop stalking me. <laughs> no, she was very nice. Just incredibly, quit it. Incredibly smart. So we've got a lot to talk about today, man. Exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're. I mean, if you look at the headline of the podcast, of, you know, or maybe if you head over to Facebook and see that, something about pull the dang trigger. I don't mm. know who says dang, by the way, but you told me to type it. I just try to keep away from profanity. You know me. Dang sounds like something Yosemite Sam would say. <laughs> dad, Pull that damn trigger. That dang trigger. Did how I about, just say damn? Sorry how about, about that, that dad gum? Is that better? Dad gum. Yeah. How do you dad spell gum? dad gum? I have no freaking clue. Dad, D-A-D-G-U-M. Dad gum. All one word. Dad gum it would be a really extreme use of that word. Yeah. Dad gum it. You've used some extreme words on this podcast before. Uh, Got to keep it colorful. Anyway, so. You wrote here, a blog about this. Though. I did, man. And so here's the thing, right? So. 
companies that I've been hearing a lot about this for some reason. So it percolated up and I know that I've written about this in the past. So at the, at the risk of being repetitive, but stuff recycles, right? Um, but large companies causing frustration because either you're selling to them um, or uh, you're buying from them. So on the retail side or on the manufacturing side, it takes companies a long time. Typically the larger companies takes a long time for them to either make a decision or get something back to you. And it's really, really frustrating. And here's the most important part of it. Kinsley, is it cost you time, but it also costs you opportunity and it can cost you big money if you're not careful. You know, if you look behind the scenes at the way companies evolve, especially whenever they do start to get big, certain things can happen where, you know, if there's maybe a legal department that's very influential, like the legal tail starts wagging the dog and then you're not making business decisions. You know, often I consult with my legal team and I override it with a business decision because it makes sense. You know, it's not a legal issue. Well, when that happens, when you grow, you have sourcing people that come online and sourcing people, their job is to beat up your suppliers on price and get the best you know, value for the company, sometimes at the expense of speed and delivery to the customer. So if you get companies too big, sometimes sourcing people start running the company and then you're not running your business with the customers in mind. Right. And then you get slow and then it's trying to turn the Titanic in a bathtub. Trying to turn a Titanic in a bathtub. Have never heard sounds that. Sounds hard, doesn't it? I, <laughs> sounds very hard. That's a big bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a big I, boat. And a small I agree bathtub. with that. And so let's talk about, shall we? Like, how do people? How do companies get there? Like, what are the? So if you can isolate and identify the root cause of why companies take so dang long to get back to people, maybe we can solve some of the problems. Are you ready? Right. All right. So number one. Oh, you've already figured this well, out. Well, I've, I've gotten some All things I have right it, You be play-by-play. Play. I'll be color commentary. There you go. I'm going like to give this. you number one. So I've written a blog on this. You can find it at mquinn.com. Oddly enough, it's called Pull the Dang Trigger. Pull the Dang Trigger, Profanity man. Profanity and lace. Pull that dadgum trigger. Pull that dadgum trigger right now. Uh, okay, so what about big company? Have you ever been part of a company that was slow to react, by the way? Uh, and At certain, times, you know, sure, it, right? I, all companies, big and small, that sure. I've been a part of, okay. sometimes uh, slow to react depending on what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's one scenario. You have a company and you have a leader who is a micromanager. Everything has to pass by their desk and everything has to go through them. Or worse, you have a group of people that need to make a decision as a committee and everything gets bogged down in debate. So let's start with the first one, a micromanager, a leader. Here's the thinking on that. If you have somebody like that, then um, isn't it kind of getting to a point where you just got to say to that person, give your people the benefit of the doubt, empower them to make a decision and trust them and trust them. Just entrust them. And if you don't trust them, you should find somebody else. Move them out. Move them. If they are not the right person to make a freaking decision, then move their butt out of the seat. Out of the dadgum seat. Out of the dadgum. Move them out. You know, that's that's easier said than done. I mean, in, in all fairness, like when you get people in there, and, and here's, I'll tell you, if I were going to add my color commentary now, like the umbrella issue is lack of vision and strong leadership. Because you got to, people have to know where you're going as an organization and you need to be a strong leader that is that is willing to kick people out of the seats they don't belong in and bring in the right people and do the hard work pump the brakes when you need to pump the brakes. 
No, no doubt. And, and, and listen, I get that people are a, that's a difficult thing. And I know it's easy to say if you don't have a person in that spot that is capable of making a decision, then move them out. Well, that's hard. They've worked for our company for 10 or 15 years. Here's my point. If you don't do that, if you don't have the ability or the courage or the strength or whatever it is, hey, Don, right? Um, if you don't have the courage to do that, then you probably shouldn't be in the leadership position because here's the real problem. You may be helping them and in, in, in acquiescing to them and saying, hey, it's okay. I know, you, you know, in, in, in thinking you're doing good by keeping them in that spot. But at the end of the day, how about the rest of the people in the company who are suffering because the person in that job is not doing what they need to do. They are not capable of making the right decision. Isn't that, Don't you hurt everyone else by letting them stay in that place? Hold on. Before we go too far, you can't use the word acquiesce and dadgum in the same podcast. <laughs> Why not? Is that, am I? Okay. I'm sorry. You're right. You I, are I hurting, apologize You're to totally everyone. hurting the people that are around that person. And here's the other thing. You may have somebody that can make a decision in that slot. And if they're making the wrong decision, it's on you to coach them up. Yeah, It's not point. on you to say, well, it's the person they're making the wrong decision. They're making decisions, but they're making the wrong ones. And you've given them time where they can fail. Right. And it's not a failure that they're turning into an opportunity. You coach them up by letting them watch you make the decision and then eventually turning it over to them and empowering them. Or you kick them out. But you got to make a decision on getting those people up to speed or moving them along the line. And you're right. What you said, your point about hurting the team, it's a real thing. It's going to destroy uh, your morale. You know, but here's, here's, here's the other side of that, too. If you, if you empower someone to make a decision and then they make a decision and then you crash down on top of them because it wasn't the decision you would make, don't do that. Like you're never going to get that person to continue making decisions if you're the idiot that comes and flies in and goes, what was that? And, and if it wasn't the right way, if it wasn't your way in terms of doing it, not everyone's going to do it your way. And there's a lot of different ways to get to an end point. But if you are communicating strategy well, right? So anyway, I think it's that. And then what about committee? <laughs> Have you ever been on projects where there's like four or five people? And they're all on the committee and then everyone wants to just talk it to death and then no one owns the decision. That's one thing in the committee process, right? And then after that, they're just not really sure and they just want to keep meeting and meeting and meeting. What, and did, the, what did the cartoon that you put in your blog say? It, what is it, a Dilbert cartoon? Yeah, he says... He's talking to his boss, right? Yeah, he says, did the executive steering committee approve my project? And he says, we agreed on a pre-decision draft framework for making the decision. And then Dilbert says, does that mean anything? It depends on what you mean by anything. How perfect is that, <laughs> right? And everyone wants to, you know, let's have a meeting to have a meeting. So, you know, I just think that uh, committees are, you, you got to have someone that owns it and getting a bunch of people involved is a disaster. In some cases, it's fine. What was that, that quote? Um, how, and I bet you remember it. It's, Making a decision being outweighing, um, no matter what it is, even if it's right or wrong, it's way better than not making one at all, right? There's yeah. a quote somewhere. Yeah, that I can't remember. I, I say is, it but. differently. I mean, when I did the podcast with Doug Stewart, it was always action reveals answers. So by taking action, you're actually pursuing a path. And you're going to find out what's going wrong and what's not going right. But it's only by putting something out into the world 
and taking a stance and getting after it that you're going to see how it plays out. You can't sit in a corner and think about things nonstop and it's going to show you the way. Okay. So totally agree. And action will reveal a lot good and bad, but at least you get to see something, right? Right. I mean, Uh, at least you're pulling the dadgum trigger. Pull the dadgum trigger. You're not going to know if you can have that bullet hit that bad guy unless you... Don't acquiesce to people that don't acquiesce. Don't acquiesce to anyone who's not going to pull the trigger. No. So here's another one. You ready? Number two. How about lack of strategy? So if your team, your leadership team is not clear on where you're going. Okay. So let's just say that you want to grow sales. You're a retailer and you want to grow sales in the sleep essentials category, pillows, protectors. I haven't thought this example through, so bear with me for a second. Mm -hmm. And so your role is as a, as a, person running the stores is you have to grow that so and i say to you i want you to grow it kinsley and i want you to grow it profitably this is the 50 percent margin threshold and i want you to do so where you also incorporate it into the sales presentation i'm not telling you exactly how to get to that point but you know exactly what is expected and needed for the company to be healthy and then you can take it and run from there but if i don't if i just say hey we need to like grow sales and I don't, and I'm not specific on how I think that should happen. Then you're like, like swimming around in this abyss, right? Yeah. But one of the key things there is maybe you don't come up with the exact way you get to the top of the mountain. You say, there's the top of the mountain. And in this case, the top of the mountain is you want to grow it profitably 50% margin. And maybe you have a dollar amount per month. So you say, here's the standard right? Here's the baseline. What is going to be your goal above that? Or you can, you can hit it, but you can also have your own goal above the standard that I'm going to put in place and share your plan with me on how you, how you think you're going to get there. What are the you know, processes you're going to put in place or the ideas that you're going to implement with the sales team to elevate that category? You know, and, that, and that's where it gets into, we're almost talking out of both sides of our mouth because, but, but let's be clear. On one hand, we're saying action reveals answers. Sure. And it does. On the other hand, we're saying, Come up with a plan. And, and those things are not mutually exclusive. No. Come up with your plan and work, you know, and then work your plan. Put it into place. So if but if if you said to me, Quinn, you need to grow sleep essentials category in our store and do it profitably, how many different ways are there to do it? Like ten, a hundred? Yeah, on right. and on it goes. So do you care what vehicle I jump in to get to that destination as long as I accomplish the goal you set for me? As long as that it is, you know, within let's say on brand. Sure. You know, as long as it aligns with the values of our right. stores sure. and it's on brand, then I you know, at that point I'm like, I go, try it. Let's try something. Right. I want to see how this works. But if you're gonna ride me and tell me exactly what needs to be done, it slows everything down. Bottom line be strategic and communicate strategy and guardrails. Number three. Number three. Uh, Don Wright just posted up here. And Don, uh, that's not number three, by the way. We're taking a little Facebook break for our podcast listeners. Yes. We we have uh, Don Wright. What is he saying? Don Wright. Oh, well, he just says fail fast and move forward. And that leads us into our next point here. Uh, and the next point is the term paralysis analysis. Ooh. Right? Wait, analysis analysis. Paralysis. Did I flip it? Yeah. <laughs> An analysis paralysis. Acquiesce for acquiesce. It, but no, doesn't apply. Analysis paralysis. So people get bogged down. And I used to work with someone who did this and they would just beat it to death. And I understand you have to pro con, you have to mitigate downside, you have to be responsible, you have to do all of that. 
But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision also. So you can get caught up and frozen in working every single possible um, scenario. I think attorneys have a tendency to do this in large part because that's kind of why they're paid in some cases. Uh, but I, I say this in the blog, Kinsley, um, fail fast, kind of what Don Wright just said, uh, fail cheaply, fail small, and fail often. What say you? You know, I think there's, you know, I saw it put, you know, people like for a long time liked failure porn is what they called it. Ah. A lot of these entrepreneurs talking about, oh, I failed this many times. I'm that, that, that many failures. There was an incorrect focus on failure. It was more, how do you take something that turned into a mess and make it an opportunity? And, you know, we've talked about this with our own businesses mm -hmm. before. If you do something and it doesn't work out, you just put a chapter in your book that becomes institutional knowledge. And you, you know how that panned out and you know how it's going to apply to your organization in the future. So it doesn't mean give up on what you're doing. It's just a pivot moment. So I think that's for me, you know, how failure becomes a tool in your toolkit. It becomes institutional knowledge and you build on it in a positive way. Sure. And we all screw up um, and we all have things that don't work out. And sometimes you get to pump the brakes, reorient yourself, but you have something to build on now that you wouldn't have had before. And we're going to talk about fear of failing in the next bullet. So I want to go back. N number to, four. I want to go oh. back to that. But the, the analysis part, I just want to say this. Look at stuff. Look at your risk. Make sure that what you're doing, you can accept the worst case scenario, right? Mm. So if we do this, then this is what possibly could happen. But don't get stuck. That's the thing, man. You, you got to move, get over the hump. And um, there's risk in everything. And you're never going to mitigate 100% of the risk. So if you're trying to get to that, you're wasting time. So just don't beat a horse to death. I don't know where that expression came from. I'd beat like, a dead horse? Beat a dead horse. Yeah. What is wrong with me? I'm getting everything backwards. Same well, thing. Beat a horse to death. Beat a dead horse. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Definitely don't beat a live animal, a horse to death. Okay. And you're a horse but, guy. So <laughs> they aren't the same thing. They are not. You're right. So don't beat a dead horse. Where did you get the idea that I'm a horse a, guy, by the way? You told me before. I mean, I had you're horses horse growing up. You, well, okay. I, how many people have had horses growing up? Oh. I have not had horses growing up. I had Smokey. I had... A Shetland pony named Danny, and I had Lady Bo. My heavens. And you wonder why I think you're a horse guy. Wow. <laughs> I haven't had horses in a long time. Wow, no. I know, but you're still a horse guy. I like horses. Okay, so horse. Uh, the fear of failing is one, and we have talked about this a lot. And the, the thing on this is if you are afraid to... So here's the reality. We're going to fail. Um, it's embarrassing when I've failed before. I've lost political capital as a result of it. Sorry about that. I've lost political capital. Um, I've been embarrassed. Um, I it has hit me with self-esteem issues where I've I've I feel badly because I didn't succeed at something. Uh, so it's checked me that way. So it's an ego thing, right? Um, at the end of the day, though, if you're making decisions and if you fail, it is a badge. If you're learning from that, right? And the other thing is the people who are typically critical of failure or people making decisions and failing are the people that are not willing to put themselves out there and they're not making a decision. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll finalize it with this comment. Leaders lead 
leaders make decisions. Leaders are okay with being able to fail. They own it, right? Uh, and I would say that it's the one big thing that keeps people from being leaders is that they're afraid to make a decision. They're afraid. Mm. You know, one <laughs> one thing that Kevin Toman was really big on whenever I took over the president's role at Englander, he says, you're going to report to Mark. And Mark's going to report to Mark. Meaning, think it through for yourself and make a decision mm-hmm. and be strong with that decision, communicate it widely and support the people that are going to help you execute on that vision. And I thought that was, you know, a really good way of saying, Hey, look, you know, when you're in the driver's seat, you're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to move a little bit faster sometimes than, uh, you normally would. And, you know, I tell you, I also backtrack and think to myself, some of the best teams I've ever been on, are the ones where either I was the first follower and there was a leader or I've had my first follower. And we talked about this in the past. Can you be the first follower even if you are the leader, right? So for example, if you set a vision, like let's grow this sleep essentials category and somebody comes up with an idea, you as the leader follow them more strongly than anybody in your company by offering them support and ideas and getting on the sales floor and trying it out and giving them your feedback and helping them. Sometimes leadership is more about being the first follower. Jump in, be a fan and uh, yeah, give them credit for the idea and say, Hey man, behind you a hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, some of the best, that's how you groom them, right? Right. You know, I think, and I think leaders are willing to take the bullets whenever things go wrong and give the credit when it goes right. No doubt. No doubt. That is a leader. So um, real quick, I want to talk about, well, you see Tom. TJ says, what flavor is dad gum? Spearmint? <laughs> That's probably right. And, That's what uh, I got out of my grandma's purse as a kid. Yeah. And he, spearmint, uh, spearmint right. And then uh, Tom also says, uh, you know, there's no place in our world for par or mediocrity. If you're going to do it, be the best at it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And that's so true. And yeah. uh, part of that's making a decision, right? And not to it, but to do it. Don on Facebook saying, a typical bog down point is the plan being too detailed about the plan. Totally agree. You know what I do? Mm-hmm. I, I actually got this from a guy at Nationwide who was in the appliances space. So I was speaking at Mattress University and he came to my talk for some reason, um, which was cool. And I got to, to speaking with him about his business, about how he was trying to disrupt the appliance category. And he had a five-year plan, and each year was on one page. Because, so he could, and he carried it around like a yeah, Bible in his cool. back yeah. pocket. He whipped it out, he opened it up, and he could see, in this year, here's what I want to accomplish. Quickly, am I ahead or behind? So I, Don, I agree with that. Get your year down on one page, carry it around, constantly remind yourself about it, and you're going to know if you're doing well or if you need to pick up the pace a little bit, take yes. some more action. So just have a plan, have a plan and, and, and do this too. If you're going to have a plan, one of the sticking points to creating those plans, don't ever write it in pen, just write it in pencil and know that your plan's going to change. There's no, you, you have to be married to that. You're not chiseling this in stone. So get a plan down and know that it's going to change, embrace that it's going to change and then go after it. So Kinsley to cap this one off today. Um, if, so what is the downside of this? <laughs> downside as your iPad falls. My iPad just fell off the table. The downside is if you are not moving quickly, mostly today, think about the speed of business today and how much uh, that has grown or how, how much that has shifted from even five years ago. Business today is happening so fast. 
There's new innovations all the time, most certainly in the marketing space. So if you are not quick in business today, you will most certainly be overtaken by the group, the company, or the person that is. And if you've been slow, here's where you're at. I am going to orient you with reality. If you've been slow, you can't be incremental at this point. You have to pump the brakes and leapfrog. Because if you've been slow, you're way behind already and you don't even know it. So you need to come up with a plan that leapfrogs you forward and it's going to be risky. It's going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to maybe produce some failures. But again, that creates opportunity to build on something. If people are waiting on you for a decision, then there's frustration in that. Do you want to really frustrate your customer? I don't think you do. And do you want to take so long to get product to market, to get new concepts into the hands of your marketing firm, to get new selling process in the hands of your salespeople because you've just taken so long to devise it every single day that you are not moving those things forward. It costs you time and it costs you money. I have a friend and his name's Adam and I love hanging out. We don't do any, there's no business stuff. It's just we're, we're friends and our families are friends and all this. Is he another horse guy? Um, probably somewhere down the line. Uh, so the, one of the reasons I love hanging out with him is no matter what somebody says, I don't think I've ever seen a situation that he shut something down. No matter what somebody says, he goes, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I mean, everything oh, is, like yes, let's guy. do that. Yeah. And I just, sometimes I laugh and I'm like, yep, let's go. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes it's stuff that you're like, it's way out there, you know? And, but it's always, he always says yes. And he's like, he has this mentality of whatever happens, we're going to jump in and do it and make it better as we're doing it. Mm. I like that. It's it's the yes and mentality. Yes we and talk mentality. About. Just and I, go and for I noticed it. you've been much better about that lately. I'm trying so hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying so. Yes, I, yes, I <laughs> yeah. am. And yes, and you are. And you are too. So, hey, so, so I'm going to cap it off with something. I just remembered this. We were Before talking about we Paul. do, Annie and Nicole. Hey, what's, what's up, people? Up? You know, Annie's with um with uh, Beckert. And they do all the covers for my Spink and Eggers, Spink and Co stuff. So and Nicole is cool. an incredible marketer. When you talk to her, she's Nicole's money. So good. She's she's bubbly. She's like uh, Don Ho, uh, tiny bubbles. She's tiny like mouse. bubbles. She's <laughs> bubbles. Way to bring it full circle. Yeah, how's that? You like that? And that's a compliment, Nicole. By the way. Absolutely. Anyway, so you're going to finish us out here. What were you going to say? I saw a when I was uh, in ra- when I worked in radio. Um, I had a boss, and we were negotiating something. And I told my friend Carter what I had said to my Carter boss. Carter Leffen, yeah. Leffen, yeah. Lefkin. So I told Carter, here's what I said. And Carter, for some reason, got the biggest kick out of what I said to my boss. And I think it's apropos Ooh. to this conversation, which is all about pulling the trigger. So I said to my boss, I said, Terry, I go, it's a gunfight. And you can stand there and piss yourself or you can pull the trigger. <laughs> So, all right. So that's how we want to finish this podcast episode. You're welcome. <laughs> so the moral of this story is don't piss yourself. Pull the trigger. You can bounce on it. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Who 
cool and comfortable Hiring like a sweater vest You know the game, we're ahead of it, son Cause the two of us together are way better than one Cause I'm cool as ice And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce, now, now we, we got, got it by the leader Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night yeah. Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back, you don't have to practice the best thing to happen to your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid If you want somebody to get in your vicinity You probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity From alone out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support. The best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got that type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses